Hi, I'm Joel Garcia. Welcome to the Pop Culture Shuffle. On today's show, we have three things to talk about. First, a brief discussion about Rise of the TMNT. Never heard of it? That's okay, I'll tell you all about it. And why it was shockingly cancelled. Then, I have a brief chat with another fellow classmate of mine, Chris LaFall. And finally, a snippet from my radio show all about Home Alone. But first, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Before I begin, I should note that I am not a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. At best, I am aware of them, and I am a casual fan. The thing is that I grew up in that small window of time where the Turtles were not exactly popular, but they also weren't part of my childhood. And it might seem really weird considering the Turtles have been on and off the air for many years, with the original TV show, the live action TV show that only lasted a year, as well as the 2003 and 2012 and more recently Rise of the TMNT, which we'll get to in a minute. I just happened to be raised during the small window of time where the Turtles were on the decline and not as popular as they were. In fact, my first exposure to the Ninja Turtles was through the Power Rangers, where during one incarnation of Power Rangers, the Power Rangers in Space season, the show made a crossover with the then-running live-action TV show. The funny thing is, I never watched that TV show, but I did watch the Power Rangers, and that is the only time I remember seeing the Ninja Turtles for a long time, seeing them team up with the Power Rangers. And at the time, I found it awesome, because I didn't know who these guys were, but apparently they were popular enough. And years later, when I found out where they were from originally, it was kind of disappointing. The TV show itself is terrible. But still, it was the Power Rangers and the Ninja Turtles. The first TMNT show I regularly watched was the 2003 show on Fox, which was actually really entertaining and enjoyable. For the first few seasons, admittedly I stopped watching around the time they went to the future and that's where the show lost me. The 2012 reboot by Nickelodeon, after they had acquired the rights to the characters, was good. I wouldn't call it great since there were still a few flaws, but there were some things I really liked. The CG was surprisingly good and the voice acting was great. It mostly helps that they actually brought back an actor from the original show, Rob Paulson, playing a different turtle this time around. As for Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or just Rise, it was okay. I get why people really like this show. To me, it was just okay. It's one of those shows that changed things up. Rather than go back to the serious format of the 2012 series, or even the 2003 series, it went a little bit back to the 87 series format, which was a mixture of comedy and drama. But the animation helped it stand out. Because in this case, it was more influenced by anime. And you can tell, there are a lot of anime influences with Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Does it help make the show any good? Yeah. In a way, there were a lot of things that make this show stand out from the past adaptations. For starters, the turtles are all distinct. They're not just four of the same turtle. There are different turtles, and they actually specify which turtle. It helped them stand out even more. And not just, oh, it's that turtle, but with that bandana color. Something else I really liked about the show was keeping up a tradition since the 2003 show, where it features a snippet of the original theme song. Fun fact, the original theme song to the 87 animated series was written by Chuck Lorre. 
as in the same Chuck Lorre who created Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, and Mom. Did this show have flaws? Yes. I should clarify once again that I am not a diehard fan of this franchise. At best, I am a casual fan who only occasionally checks into the franchise. Rice had similar problems as the 2012 series. The show once again made April O'Neil a teenager, which to me just felt lazy. Considering that the character is normally portrayed as a reporter, it really seemed like a missed opportunity to just not make her a reporter. As in, they were worried that an adult reporter can't be relatable, or they can't associate the show with having an adult in its main cast. The only reason they actually just made her a teenager in the 2012 series was to have a human teenage character in the series, alongside the Turtles which just seemed redundant since the Turtles were teenagers. It's in the name of the show. The biggest problem I had with the show was Splinter, where in the episodes I saw, he was a bum. And I'm aware that later on he gets to play a bigger role, but every time I see him, he just looks like a lazy bum. That to me was the biggest problem I had with the show. It wasn't April O'Neil, it wasn't the racelift, it wasn't Casey Jones being a woman, it was just Splinter. I just really did not like the character design they had for Splinter. That was my biggest problem with the show. Other than that, everything else was fine. I didn't even care that John Cena briefly played the bad guy. That was just okay. I actually thought they were gonna have him for like one episode and that's it, but then I found out he was there for the whole season, which was impressive considering he has a lot of other commitments. Other than that, the show was relatively harmless. As for why the show was cancelled, there are a wide range of theories, but the one that most fans seem to blame is the merchandising. Which just seems ridiculous in 2020. Now of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is primarily a toy based franchise. Where the show helps promote the toys. And it just seems weird that this show get, got cancelled because of toy sales. Because if you look at The Loud House, a show which has been on the air for 5 seasons. Yes, 5 seasons. And it's getting a 6th season. It's impressive to note, the show barely has any merchandise. And as someone who follows that show, I can tell you how much merchandise it has around. It has books, graphic novels, the annual DVD release, and that's pretty much it. There are a few plush dolls, and I think they sold for a while some toys, which I previously acknowledged in my interview with Jackson. But it's not exactly a merchandise powerhouse. So it's weird that the Loud House, despite having no merchandise, still keeps going. Whereas Ninja Turtles, if they can't sell an action figure, cancelled. However, there are two other possibilities. One that might have nothing to do with the show itself, and the other being timing. Each anime series was able to stay on the air not only due to success, but also because, around the same time, a movie came out. For example, during the 87 series, the first three Ninja Turtle films came out. During the 2003 show, the CG film came out. And of course, during the 2012 anime series, Paramount Pictures released two films. Rise did not have a film. There were no films released during the time of Rise. The closest being Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which isn't exactly aimed at the exact same audience. Nor does it take place in the same universe. That might seem a little tenuous considering that the TV show and films are completely different productions which have nothing to do with one another. But the biggest one to me wasn't the toys, wasn't the films, it was the timing. The biggest problem this show had was that it came out too soon after the other show came to an end. 
Let me explain. The 87 series ended around 1996. There would be a six year gap between the end of that show and the start of the 2003 series. Once that show came to an end, there would be a three year gap between the end of the 2003 show and the start of the Nickelodeon franchise. Now here is the problem. Between the end of the 2012 series and the start of Rise, there was only a seven month difference. That is not enough time to just end the show and all of a sudden start up a new franchise. That isn't enough time to even open a new restaurant. And that to me is the biggest failure for Rise. It wasn't the show, it wasn't the merchandising, it wasn't the lack of a film, it just came out too soon. And there are a lot of examples I could bring up. Between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins, there was a span of 8 years. Between My Little Pony's last TV show and a new one, there was at least a gap of a year. Ben 10, for example, ended its original continuity in late 2014 and then rebooted itself in late 2016 or early 2017 in the US. They at least waited enough time so that a new generation of fans could be introduced to the show. Even if it was terrible. It might be weird to bring up Ben 10, but I think it really helps my point. Rise just came out way too soon. And if you want me to bring up another good or bad example, at least with Teen Titans Go, it didn't premiere the week after the original show came to an end. Enough time passed so that Cartoon Network could reboot it. And people might bring up other reasons for why the show was treated badly by Nickelodeon, such as the lack of action-based shows, or how it didn't reach the same ratings number as The Loud House or Spongebob. Both of them are true, considering that, for the most part, action-based series have moved exclusively online in the past few years. In addition, Nickelodeon also does seem a little trigger-happy when it comes to Nicktoons, where if it's not an instant success right out the door, it immediately gets dumped to Nicktoons. And they've done this a lot of times in the past. In fact, if you were to look at any show that's premiered since, say, 2016, when The Loud House began, a lot of them have been dumped to Nicktoons. For example, Bunsen is a Beast premiered January of 2017, dumped to Nicktoons in October of 2017, and ended only a few months later. Welcome to the Wayne premiered July of 2017, dumped to Nicktoons in September of that year, where it would finish airing the remainder of its first and the entire second season. And they're not the only ones. If you were to look at the Wikipedia page, you'd notice that a lot of shows Nickelodeon premiered never aired their finales on the main network. Not counting miniseries, the last program to air in its entirety on Nickelodeon was Sanjay and Craig, which ended four years ago. So it's a really sad thing to say when it comes to Nicktoons, especially with Rise. But this leads me to my next point that I wanted to bring up. Ever since the show came to its controversial end, fans have badgered Nickelodeon about bringing it back. And if you want a good example of where that comes up the most, it's on their Twitter account. For example, they have a random tweet about, say, pick a costume to wear, where you see all of these references to their sitcoms. But then you look at their replies, and it's just rise, rise, unpause, rise, rise. It's just like bring back rise. And here's the thing, I get why fans are still mad about Rise getting cancelled, but I don't think badgering them will make them want to bring it back. And you can say that, oh, but badgering works. It doesn't. At all. Now it's unfortunate that Rise came to an end for only two seasons, but there is a bright side. In fact, there is still one more piece of Rise left to air. 
Not on Nickelodeon, of course, but somewhere else. Sometime last year, Nickelodeon and Netflix made an agreement to release several films on Netflix based on Nicktoons. And there are some which have even released, including Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling, Invader Zim Enter the Florpus, but the next two are based on more recent Nicktoons, including The Loud House and Rise. So the good news is, there will be more Rise. It just won't be on Nickelodeon. As for the possibility of it ever coming back, probably not. They're already looking forward to their future Nicktoons, such as the revival of Rugrats, Camp Coral, the Spongebob prequel series, as well as a Garfield show and Big Nate. And that doesn't include other shows such as the Patrick Star spinoff or the Wonder Park Nicktoon based off that terrible movie. And of course, Star Trek Prodigy, which could either air on Nickelodeon or Paramount+. Plus. That might sound disheartening to hear, but at this point, it's over. It is as likely to come back as a, a third season of Gravity Falls or a continuation of She-Ra. At least Netflix will come out with essentially the series finale movie, but unfortunately, that's life. A TV show comes to an end and everybody moves on with their lives. At least it was better than Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation. And just know, whatever Ninja Turtles anime series you think is the worst, it'll still be far better than whatever The Next Mutation was. If there's anything else I could say, and I really don't want to leave this on such a downer note, there is a chance that, depending on how many people watch the movie on Netflix, Viacom CVS might give the franchise a second chance. It might not come back the same way people want it to be back as a TV show, but there's a chance that the franchise will come back, possibly in a new incarnation. It might not be the same as Rise, but it'll show Viacom CBS that people still love this franchise. As for a continuation of Rise, the only thing right now could possibly be maybe a comic book series? For now, we all have to wait for the Netflix movie and see what happens, and then it's all up in the air. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is available to own on digital. The Netflix movie will come out presumably sometime next year. Next up is a brief chat I had with another fellow classmate of mine, Crystal Fall. Chris and I are currently both classmates in two classes at San Diego City College. The RTVF 107 class, which you may remember from my previous interview with Jackson Ross, he's another classmate of ours, but we're also part of Newsseed, a newscast produced by the students at San Diego City College. Chris and I had a brief talk about the pandemic and how it has affected his life. The following interview was recorded over Zoom. First, state your name. Christopher LaFall. Why are you taking 107? Uh, I'm taking 107 because uh, I, I kind of wanted to learn how to do audio and um, see if it will open my mind up into, uh, you know, into a hidden skill that I have, maybe. Are you acquiring any particular degree or just a certificate of performance at San Diego City College? Uh, right now, I'm uh, pursuing an associate's degree in news broadcast. So it is. It is one of my uh, one of my requirements. But I found that when I take uh, all my other requirements, it can, it teaches me something else about myself, and that's what I like about the requirements. So I was kind of eager to take this class because of it. Now, do you have a job, or what? Or was it affected by the pandemic? Uh, well, I had. I'm a I'm a freelance photographer and a 
and a photojournalist. So um, I always had a hustle. I never really had a job because I'm a full-time student as well as a full-time parent. So how many kids do you have? I have two biological and two non-biological kids. I'm guessing because of the pandemic, you need to like take care of your four kids or going to school virtually. Yeah, it's difficult because you have to have the mindset to go to school and sometimes I find it difficult. Is it just a case of like everyone has to have a computer at once or is it just a case where the internet might crash? Yeah, that too. Sometimes the internet crashes and another time I just can't, uh, it's kind of like hard to find a space. So I might just uh, log in on my phone and just listen in on Zoom and try to take notes. But uh, some of my other courses, it's kind of hard to do that because they require you to be on the internet at the same time. So like, like take for instance, a news team, you have to be able to get into the document while you're in class. You can't just be on your, on your phone on Zoom taking notes. You have to be at your actual computer looking at the documents as it comes up. If the teacher's not pulling them up or she has an assignment for you to do, you have to have that accessible. Do you have, you have enough devices for everyone to be at school at the same time? Or is it a case where like, you need to share a device? Uh, no, everybody has their own device. But the thing is, we, our internet isn't that strong. So good thing that the kids aren't on the same time as I am, or at least one of them are off and I'm able to, to uh, connect with no problem. Aside from your kids being home all the time now because of the pandemic, how much has the pandemic affected you in addition to that? Besides the pockets, like the kids eat all day long. Stress level is high. You got the kids going at each other's neck. You got the parents that are somewhat tired of dealing with it. Just everybody in one space at the same time is kind of is a stress all by itself. You know, everybody needs a break from family members and even a break from themselves, you know? Because once you're, once you're closed in, you get a certain type of, what I want to say, uh, you have a certain type of mentality that, you know, you have things to do. But at the same time, you have kids that require a lot of your attention. So you can't, you can't just dedicate everything to yourself. So I had to change a lot of my schedule when it came to my assignments. Um, sometimes I, I do my, some of my assignments from bed. Like when everybody goes, goes to sleep, I might get on my phone and start typing in my assignments that way. I may have to write a rough draft, but I, sometimes I really don't like to do because then I have to type it back again and then I have to rephrase it. And, but I'm not able to be at my computer all the time. So I'm going to have to write a rough draft just to make sure I get it down and done, you know? So when it comes time for me to submit it, all I'm doing is just rewriting the words that I wrote. Considering, of course, all the situation with your kids at home, like, do you have any free time to yourself? I can say that I can I can probably give myself like 30 seconds to, you know, to, to dream a little bit, dream a little dream, I guess, to find a way. When the kids are up, it's, it's, there's really no break. I have a, I have a newborn. She's, she's actually seven months right now. So um, when she, when she sleeps, that's when my break is. So and sometimes I don't know what to do with myself or other times I'm trying to catch up on assignments. So pretty much I don't, I don't, I don't think I have any time to, to get in my right mind. So basically, you're a full-time dad. Yeah. See, when I was in school, uh, since I live in uh, I live on Bonita, to travel to school on the trolley, but you know, I'll be able to let my mind at ease for a second. You know, just to be able to travel and interact interact with people on campus, which is cool. It, it gives you a good learning setup. It's hard to get in the mind frame of learning when you're always at home now opposed to you being on campus. It makes it, it makes it easier to absorb the information that they're trying to give you. Right now, everything pretty much 
might as well be an English class because you have to do a lot of reading. For example, I messed up on one of my assignments. <laughs> I read the prompt wrong. So I wrote a whole narrative essay, which was like five, five uh, pages that was on the wrong topic. And so I had to retract and do it again. Uh, so, so what you miss right now about going to school is just being at school. Yeah, being at school, having a having the break from home. Um, I'm feeling like an actual college student, carrying my backpack, uh, reporting to the professors, raising your hand. It's a whole experience. Feel like you're doing something. That's a, that's one of the reasons why I tried to stay away from online courses because I didn't want to do all the reading. I'm a on hands learner. I want to have an instructor. You know. So before the pandemic, you never took an online class? I tried an online class one time and it didn't go well. So I told myself, I'm an on-hands person. I need to be at school. I need, I need to receive the information that they're giving me. So no, this, this pandemic, I got used to it last semester because the last semester was the first time we finished the whole semester. And I, I kind of like had a lot of practice in the summertime with the online class. I'm used to it now, but when it all first started, there was a lot of instructors that weren't, you know, that weren't cutting me any slack at all. I actually ended up dropping that class because I was afraid they'll drop my GPA, and nobody wants their GPA to drop. I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to pass the class. If it wasn't for the pandemic and everything was normal, would you still take this type of class, like a Zoom class, or, or would you just prefer like they'll always try to always go to an in-person class? I would try to always go to an in-person class. It will help my family environment and it would help my state of mind a whole lot. Everything won't be so stressful and yeah, everything won't be so difficult. I think a lot of stress would be non-present if the pandemic wasn't here. What do you expect to see whenever this pandemic ends? More job opportunities because uh, when, hopefully when the pandemic ends, uh, I have my associate's degree. I think I have like at least one and a half semesters to go, so probably more job openings in the, in the career that I'm choosing. Family's in a more healthier position, healthier mind state. Um, everybody able to travel, you know, without, and everybody be able to walk out in public without the, without the scare that they're going to get infected by a virus. Yeah, just everybody being able to interact with each other again without the, without the worry of, of getting sick and dying. A restoration of humanity is what, what I would expect, really. I would like to thank Chris LaFall for allowing me the opportunity to interview him. And finally, another short segment from my radio show. Back in August of 2019, Disney announced plans to work on the then 20th Century Fox's now Studios family franchises, which at the time they had recently acquired. In this segment originally broadcast on August 12, 2019, I brought up the idea of rebooting Home Alone. I will say this. People who are saying, like, you can't reboot Home Alone, they've tried several times. People only remember the first two Home Alone films, the one with Macaulay Culkin, the Wet Bandits, Donald Trump, but they don't remember the other movies. And people tend to forget that. And I've seen the other films. They're all equally bad. Home Alone 3... It forget it's forgettable. It's bad. It's goofy. It's like someone watched the first film and decided to make it sillier. And the only things you'll remember about that film are being the idiotic premise, Scarlett Johansson, and the guy and the janitor from Scrubs. 
That's all you remember about that film. And yes, Neil Flynn, the janitor from Scrubs, is in the film. He plays a cop. And Scarlett Johansson is in the film. She plays the sister of the main character, who is not Kevin. And then there's Home Alone 4. Yes, there is a Ford Home Alone movie. It was supposed to be a TV show. They actually made a pilot, which would have been a reboot of the first film. Only this time, it's in a fancy, technologically advanced house. It didn't go anywhere. It got canceled. So, and then there's Home Alone 5. Yes, there is a fifth Home Alone film with Malcolm McDowell. So... For anyone who says that the Home Alone franchise cannot be rebooted, look at the other films. Those were terrible. And if you'd never heard of 3, 4, or 5, it kind of makes sense. 3 actually made it theaters. 4 and 5 were TV movies that aired on what is now the Freeform channel. You know, that channel that airs all those those, uh, teen shows and... So again, I will say this. If you seriously are complaining about Home Alone, where were you 20 years ago? Since that broadcast, Disney began work on a reboot for Disney+. Plus. Although production was suspended just as filming began due to the COVID-19 pandemic. That is all the time we have for today's show. Once again, I would like to thank Chris LaFall for allowing me to interview him. If you would like to know when the next episode comes out, Remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite stream provider. You can also follow me on Twitter at MrJoelGarcia9.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.